Okay, welcome to Open Sources here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico, and joining me is... Scotty Hertz. Uh, Adam, did you uh, do you think that King Charles cleared out Frogmore for uh, give us a place to stay for the coronation? Or <laughs> That'd be great. Out of the back it. shed. That would be great. Yeah, in the back shed. The multi-million dollar shed. In this spacious, you know, five-bedroom, three-bath yeah. shed. Yeah. 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 Sure. We'll take the shed, Charles. Yeah, we'll just show up and we'll say, yeah, we're getting the shed. And, and you know, what are they going to do? Like, prove us wrong? That. <laughs> As long as Andrew's not in it, I'll be okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Could be a problem. <laughs> open Sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show, and you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians. This week, though, it's just the news, including election interference. There have been a couple of reports that point to Chinese government interference in both the 2019 and 2021 federal elections. But was it enough interference to have an effect? And what are we going to do about it? And then a member of the EU parliament from a far-right German political party called the AFD did a cross-country tour last week, and some people were very excited that she was here uh some of them some of some of those politicians you may know and we will have to explain why those people decided to meet with someone who was essentially a neo-nazi and apparently didn't do their due diligence on it and then finally we will talk about tiktok which is now officially banned on federal government devices how serious is the concern is the security concern there but first uh, it's a kind of an old national politics. This is the national. We're taking it over. Um, <laughs> Tonight on the national. Well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for our first topic, we're going to Roxham Road in Quebec. You may know the name. It is this place a little south of Montreal where there is a, well, back in the day, it was an unprotected border crossing. There's now a semi-permanent. I took that from a CBC article, a semi-permanent RCMP station due to a lot of the people who are crossing over um, illegally, although I'm, I'm not sure that's a, a, a great term. Um, you know, nobody is illegal, as the saying goes. But uh, they are crossing there in order to claim make asylum claims. Um, there are a number of reasons why this is. Uh, some of them very complicated. Some of them have to do with uh, third-party uh, safety agreements and all of that, but the the politics angle of this is that you have a number of politicians from Francois Legault to Pierre Palaver all saying that the border crossing here should be closed. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says um, this is easier said than done. Uh, it can be closed and probably closed relatively swiftly, but then where do the people go and will this stop people from illegally crossing? And or or will it just make it a situation where people are crossing unsafe and uh, in in kind of more dangerous places where uh, there have been incidents where people sort of freeze to death in the woods or die of exposure just trying to get over the border. So uh, there's a political angle to this, and there's also a, a highly complicated international diplomatic angle to this as well. Oh yeah, and if you're someone like me who's of the as you mentioned, no one is illegal camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't really see a problem on the surface, but there are there's definitely structural issues with this. And 
Trudeau a couple of times has said, well, this is an international agreement and we can't really do too much. The loophole being that if you arrive <clears throat> unannounced at mm. a, as you, as a, an illegal, you know, I don't know if they actually use illegal, like a, an unofficial border crossing. Right. Then you just cross over, but there's definitely a pipeline to this crossing mm-hmm. coming from several different routes. One is New York City is sending people via Greyhound to Plattsburgh. <laughs> Courtesy of the Pl- mayor of New York, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Platts- Democrat, right? Platt- yeah. To Plattsburgh, New York. I, I've spent some time passing through that area. never really you know, hung out there. But the, so the geography is you go straight up to Montreal via the main uh, crossing there. There's another crossing actually not too far away, maybe 10K away. And in the middle of it is Roxham Road. And actually, if you, I had to Google map it because I'm like, I'm familiar with this area. <clears throat> when you look at Roxham Road on Google Maps, it's still uh, a dirt road or like a gravel road. But mm-hmm. then you take one step in the other direction. I don't know if you've ever seen this on Google Maps. And mm-hmm. there is the temporary uh, RCMP station there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just one of those weird, uh, you know, transition things on, on Google Maps. It doesn't really matter, but to get an idea of what it is, it was, as you said, like a country road. But people are being shipped there. It's not as if they're just kind of making their own way there. Something changed three or four, no, maybe even five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. This loophole was discovered, and whether it's, I, th- I think the New York City shipping people is is recent, mm-hmm. but there's there's been a bit of a pipeline there. That, uh, I guess they call them coyotes in the South, but people who will take money and say, well, I'll get you to this point. And then weirdly, I don't know if you saw this, Adam was like, the cab drivers will take people from Plattsburgh. Mm -hmm. So they're just, you know, they're not, one of them was on the news. They're just driving people there and probably charging whatever the rate is you would, you would hope. And then they walk across, Mm -hmm. but that's, it's gone, it's gone way, way up. So there's this intentional uh, abuse, let's say, of of the loophole to send people mm-hmm. rather than because they can't get across a regular border crossing. That that is that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. But again, as you mentioned about the people in the snow, that was a family that died who were going heading in the other direction to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Whoever sent them would have known that minus thirty five temperatures in the evening in uh, Manitoba uh, isn't the thing to do. <laughs> Just yeah. common sense wise, be it they didn't care. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not just a matter of you know the government aren't doing anything and Polyab saying oh you, know, you need to close this in thirty days it's like they can't well, the government so, can't do it it's so arbitrary it's like thirty days it's it's like okay Mr Slade we'll get on it it, it, <laughs> it you know thir- thirty nine thousand people since December at that crossing compared to like three hundred and seventy. Um, in the rest of Canada combined. So, you know, it's, it's, this is a bit more than sort of a weird way to put it, but like natural migration, like, you know, there are natural sort of people on the move, desperate people trying to, to get to, to places safely. And maybe this is a case of um, people arriving in the U S not having family there. So they come to Canada where maybe they do have family and all that. But yeah, the, the, the mechanization of this is really, is what you were saying is really quite startling. And of course, this all starts to along the U.S. border, where you have immigration uh, at the Mexican-American border. You have Southern governors there 
uh, moving people north. Uh, Greg Abbott from Texas has sp- literally spent millions and millions of dollars moving busloads of migrants to Chicago and um, Boston and Washington and New York City, ostensibly to quote unquote share the pain of you know three you know three million people crossing the border um, undocumented every year is nothing to sneeze at, but. Um, this is sort of we talked about before is kind of more performance art and so it seems like on the in the case of eric adams mayor of new york city who calls this the reticketing program which was a little literal term he used Whoa. um yeah they get off the bus in new york city they get right back on the bus to greyhound uh right on the great back on the greyhound bus to head to vermont or new york or whatever um it, it's just passing the buck it's like oh well we, we there's no way we can deal with this many people we don't want to deal with them they're not supposed to be here so we're gonna move them on to the next port of call and it, it's it's icky and it i'm mean, you know from the pull of air and the let goes of the world this is an easy dunk for a lot of their political supporters you know just shut down the border problem solved well you know it's that's easy to say when um, you're not really thinking about the consequences of that. Um, at, at the same time, a lot of these, like the, the reason why this, you have all these refugees and and migrants and things, it, it's a systemic thing. And the, you know the politics in these countries are messed up. And you can say, well, you know, they don't know how to manage themselves. Yeah, but there's also been a lot of Western interference in these places as well. And you know what we're seeing here in Canada, much the same problem in the United States is nobody wants to attack. The real cause of this which is to make or, or to help countries be better so that people don't want to run for their lives or reversely take bold measures to address all of these undocumented arrivals so that um it's not a bottleneck at at this border crossing like they processed something like five million applications last year which like is is the government hitting the gas pedal and there's still a huge backlog um because uh, you know the the number of of claimants sort of ebbs and flows and you know just to sort of you get ahead of the situation a whole new uh, batch of arrivals come so i mean when trudeau like trudeau's not on the right side of this necessarily either it's like well this is the third party safe country agreement well kind of not necessarily because everybody's just passing the buck too and you know it doesn't address the real cause which is that people are fleeing you know dangerous um deadly situations involving scarcity poverty war gangs drugs all of which can well not all of which but a lot of which can be traced back to some tentacles from from the u.s and canada too Mm -hmm. and that's it's similar situation in europe right what's that Mm -hmm. old line about the refugee isn't your enemy. It's the person that made him a refugee is right. Is, yeah. Right. But yeah, then <clears throat> the federal government could do a lot more because supposedly, I mean, they, they booked a bunch of hotels in the area, but it was along like Cornwall, even as far as Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. to keep people. And I guess tourist season is down border towns, you know, that there's capacity there. So they, they just went ahead and did it. But it sounds like they didn't let what they're calling the local partners know. So the mayors mm-hmm. of those places, who, and mm-hmm. and you know they they are making efforts to help these people. I don't think any of them had out and out said you know get rid of them. Legault is is definitely playing politics with this, saying oh there's too there's too many. If I understand it right, one report I saw from a week ago, I guess it was, they had said that 500 people had arrived that week at Roxham Road, mm-hmm. and the majority of them went to Ontario. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not as if they're all going up to, to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Language barrier being part of the problem. Plus, also, I don't know how many that hasn't been mentioned will be turned away because you're effectively arrested. And I'm doing air quotes that no one can see. You're arrested when you cross the border. That's right. Yeah. But then and- there's an evaluation process. And if they find anything on you that would, as they do at the border too, sometimes it's like you go to the border and they'll say, well, you, you know, you're admissible because of XYZ. It can be anything from a drunk driving charge to anything. They can turn anybody away that they want. That's just how it works, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure how many people are, are failing in that processing. There has to be some for sure. They're like, no, you can't, you can't come. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what is going on on the other side when, when that happens and it must happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, is there, there does seem to be as with lots of things of this scale, a lack of communication between the parties. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's on the radar. I think as we're going to talk in a bit, mm-hmm. there are other things that are going to eclipse this very shortly. But Roxham Road b- has become shorthand for a lot of people who want to be anti-refugee and want to be racist. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. It's not just online. Mm-hmm. And this is years ago. So what about Roxham Road? What about Roxham Road? It's like it because it's catchy, right? It's 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 almost it's got alliteration. It's like this this is a problem. And if you're using it to take shots at the government rather than coming up with a solution because as we know since time immemorial refugees are not a new problem or a new issue they're newish to this specific area Mm -hmm. but you know doing the harping about it isn't going to fix it Mm -hmm. And and the you know the goal should be to sort it out well i mean you know it's the numbers may be overwhelming the system too, but at the end of the day, um, I was reading a, a Reuters piece. I think that, that you know the RCMP has been doing a lot of more search and rescue lately, and this is like in the like the the, the area between Vermont and Quebec and New York and Quebec, you know, where a lot of the, the crossings are are happening because that's just yeah. an easier place to cross, also a relatively safer place to cross as opposed to like the middle of nowhere between the Dakotas and Alberta and Saskatchewan. Um, where you know, on, if you're trying to cross illegally, you you know you're and you're trying to avoid detection. You're probably that's probably your best bet. On the other hand, you will definitely avoid detection, um, in case you know if you get into trouble. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just a matter of um, yeah. If you shut it down, that 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 doesn't solve the problem, and then that becomes a matter of well, what happens to all these people trying to get over? Is it not better to have a situation where you have this like one spot where you can see them come over. The RCMP, the RCMP do warn people as they're coming over, like, hey, just so you know, as soon as you're on the other side of this this gully, you're under arrest. <laughs> um and, and you know, so so you see the problem, you're aware of it, you see the numbers, you're you're doing the due diligence as opposed to, you know, somebody dying cold and alone in the middle of the forest. And then, you know, that that's i mean that's it it's it's one of those things it's very easy to understand in terms of like the moral and ethical and and human value of that it's also incredibly hard to wrap your head around this idea that we're just going to shut down this obviously safe mm-hmm. landing point and just let everybody fend for themselves in the middle of the woods um instead of you know it you know going after the the symptom instead of the disease i guess it's it's, it's almost literally the definition of a band-aid solution closing that that one spot on the border. 
Well, I saw an interview with a couple of people that had crossed, and they were from Afghanistan. Mm. So it's a bit ironic where the conservatives were harping when the Taliban took over it's like we have to get all of those people out of there why isn't the government doing this why isn't the government doing this meanwhile two people from afghanistan show up at our border and it's like no 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 we can't have this so you, mm -hmm. you cannot have it both ways yeah well uh self-selection is uh always an issue when it comes to the conservatives they were once great friends of the Chinese government, but now um, <laughs> we're going to get into that in a sec, but this is mostly about the liberals. Um, there've been two reports. Um, one of which was sort of uh, dug up by the globe and mail and investigative report in the 2019 election that apparently there was some sign of interference in that election by the Chinese government, not widespread. They weren't hacking or, you know, robocalling or anything like that, anything terribly widespread. It was targeted. The intention was to have the liberals come back with a minority government. Uh, this is twofold. The Chinese apparently view the liberals as the least uh, antagonistic to the Chinese government. But at the same time, having a minority government in parliament sues them because there's more kind of infighting, more difficulty to get a, a unified government message of response to various issues. And it apparently was so successful, China tried it again in 2021. So now we are in this situation where both the conservatives and the NDP have called for a public inquiry into Chinese interference in elections, past, present, and maybe future. Justin Trudeau says it's no big deal. Um, so I think it's. <laughs> let's start with this. Isn't isn't the public inquiry into allegations the substantive? The least we should the least should we be we, the least we should be demanding. And um, I seem to remember a lot of people demanding a public inquiry when uh, Pierre when another Pierre Pierre Putin was on the prowl. So I mean. Yeah. It's, it would seem kind of hypocritical to not take these allegations with the same kind of seriousness. And I was a bit confused this morning because there was a lot on this hitting at once because there is a, yeah. a committee sitting right now mm -hmm. that's discussing this. And there are pe people from CSIS under the gun. It was, oh, who was it? What's his name? Cooper. Like mm -hmm. was trying to make some kind of point. And of course, the CSIS people were saying, no, you know, there's, we're not going to discuss this specifically. We're not going to talk about leaks. <clears throat> but that is part of the question. It's like, where, where are the leaks coming from? I was like, mm -hmm. are there, is, is it even from CSIS? So this is the mystery. They said it's unnamed sources have provided this information. Now they don't have to name the sources, but it would help a little bit if they said, okay, well, who is it? Do, does CSIS, has CSIS had it <clears throat> with the, Trudeau liberals enough that they're finally letting all of this. Somebody is trickling this out. I'm mm. not saying it's like WikiLeaks level, but it may <laughs> it may come to that. Mm. But it also may come to if if there is this inquiry that you were talking about, the larger scale one. Does the NDP in the wake of that withdraw their support? And I think they're one of the. There's this weird. The conservatives and the NDP are asking. They're kind of teaming up right now because they mm. smell blood. Mm -hmm. uh justin trudeau is batting it down every time they talk to him this comes up because it was you know there's the as you were talking about the elections but there's this with the other report that was in the globe about the china authorizing a donation to the pierre elliott trudeau foundation of a million dollars yeah figuring that that was going to you know have some sway 
I don't know if that story is as big. And that was like the crossover is that the the committee that was looking into the uh, the just the actual slice of election to see if there was this came out today as well. <laughs> if there if there was any problems with the election, said no, there wasn't. But they can only cover the period of time of the actual when the writs drop to the to the results come in. And supposedly the person in charge of that was the head of the Trudeau Foundation at one point. So there's this yeah. so much. It's just a nest of stuff at this point. It's the ball of elastics in the drawer. It's like, is this just going to spring open? I don't know. Uh, we got hit with a lot the past few days. I, I don't know. I didn't know it was going to go this way, but it was like, and I was having trouble I'm being honest. It was like, so there's this. And then 10 minutes later, it's. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. And I, I kind of like Googled like <laughs> Chinese election interference explained <laughs> to see if, if there's like. <laughs> it's like okay. Narrow it down a bit. <laughs> There's like a convenient, um, a convenient sort of, uh, you know, uh, condensed recap of the situation. But yeah, Morris Rosenberg wrote this report about the 2021 election. He was the CEO of the Trudeau Foundation, but he was also like a, a literally a, a nonpartisan civil servant for 30 years. But of course, you know, any, you know, Trudeau, of course, the Trudeau Foundation, of course, named for Trudeau the Elder, not for for Justin Trudeau, but. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's one of these things, too, that it, it looks pretty bad because politics and media is, is so incestuous. So, of course, one day you're working for the government and the next day mm-hmm. you're working for the Trudeau Foundation. And that's not necessarily, um, you know, partisan <laughs> partisan politics. It's just, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, Ottawa is in many ways a small town, a small company town. And uh, yeah, the, the the thing is, it's one of the things that is going to make this so difficult is separating the politics of this, the blood in the water, as you're saying. Um, and and that's another reason why Trudeau's sort of you know half handed this. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, nothing has been found against uh, me or the you know. It's just no, yeah. dude. You should be out like you politics 101 you got to get out in front of it. You got to say like you know what I welcome a public inquiry. I know that we did nothing wrong. Um, and this is absolutely a matter of public interest. We should get the bottom of it. I would also say, though, that Elections Canada, um, although the the report did say Elections Canada itself wasn't targeted, but this definitely seems like something that should be within the, the purview of Elections Canada. One of the things that came out of the robocall scandal was that Elections Canada was hopefully, um, hopefully kind of not mismanaged but like they just didn't have the capacity to take on like investigations into election integrity and there were of course suggestions about sort of beefing up and staffing up elections canada to sort of be more on top of these things of course who was in charge when those um recommendations were made i mean you could also blame trudeau for not enacting them too and i think that's fair but it's just you know that was oh god that was 12 years ago robocalls happened so it Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just like 12 years later. Now we have these all new allegations about, you know, at least before in robocalls, it was our own people messing with our elections. Now it's China. And I mean, some of this is so kind of um, it, it, it feels kind of lo-fi like like the robocalls does. Like there's a, this um, candidate from uh, B.C., Kenny Chu, who um, was. Oh, it, it's it's a weird writing. It's um, Stepston Richmond East, which apparently in its, in its existence has gone back like every election, back and forth, back and forth, liberal, conservative, liberal, conservative, liberal, conservative. So the, yeah, the the last one was Kenny Chu, who um, 
brought in private members bills to ban things like WeChat, which is huge in China. It's basically the China, you know, messaging app of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, things like um, having foreign agents registers as a attempt to, you know, I guess c- collect chi- potential Chinese agents and all that. He's defeated in the last election. And then you have Chinese diplomats in BC going around going, yeah, you know, thanks to us, we definitely shot down a couple of conservative candidates in the last election. And it's it's enough to make you go, well, I guess it could be bravado. But on the other hand, you know, who knows? The most damning thing, though, are these allegations that CSIS warned the liberals that Han Dong, who is a Toronto area MP, um, that CSIS warned the liberals that he had some tentacles that went back to China. Uh, Dong's denied it. Um, but on the other hand, um, he did succeed a, a a liberal member who had been pretty hard on China in commentary. And some and I read this in a news article that they had this one of these you know pr- pronouncements in, in House of Commons the other day where they called the the weaker genocide a genocide um in China. And one of the people, one of the Trudeau and the cabinet abstained from that vote, which whatever and it seemed like an easy mm-hmm. win. But one of the MPs, and he is a backbencher MP, he's not in the cabinet, Han Dong, he was not there, which is like kind of a weird move to make in in the middle of all this too that you don't want to tag the the chinese government with genocide um but yeah it's just like it's the little things right this is one of those controversies where it's all about the little things and um little things sometimes make a big thing so i just i i wish trudeau would knock off this quiet you know mrt or whatever like silliness just this like I'm just going to talk quietly and then uh, you'll get bored and when we'll move on. It's like, I, <laughs> I, I don't, this, I don't think this is the time for that. Cause no. you know, it's, you know, the bad guy here is the Chinese communist party. And that's going to be red meat for an awful lot of people who, you know, <laughs> who are yeah. definitely going to be down for that. <laughs> this isn't going away. And I mean, again, going back to the, the leaks themselves, like if it, if it was, I, I keep referring to WikiLeaks because WikiLeaks was just mm. a dump of information. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago? It was like, you know, there's a, there's 11, was it some magic number? It was like, there's 11 candidates and we know that they've been swayed. And of course it's trickling mm. out now, like you said, Han Dong. Um, so who who is it? And I guess that's what an inquiry. You know, as I as I would say on the show, the, the Canadian ways to let let's have an inquiry. <laughs> Does a lot come out of them? Not generally, no. But in this instance, with a minority government, which people forget, mm. right? This could potentially. I'm not going to say directly trigger an election, but this it could be the tipping point. Sure. Depending on how much other stuff is coming out and how deep it goes. Having said that, election interference isn't new. I think the scale is new, a mm. lot of it to do with the internet and how you can allegedly ship you know, foreign students to a nomination meeting uh, who have fake IDs in a bus. Now, remember, these allegations aren't confirmed. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it's, as I said, unnamed sources, right? It's like, there's still, it's just right now, it's it's effectively gossip. <laughs> right, not proven. So the the thing is going to be, how do you prove it? Either the people uh, emerge from CSIS somehow and 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 do the data dump, 
or they have an inquiry. I don't know how else they'll find out. Beyond that, this is just, it's just talk at this point. Yeah, and it's overwhelming you know, global talk. And- and, it was global and the Globe and Mail. Mm-hmm. Always confusing, right? Uh, <laughs> are, are the ones that had the stories, and they're they're pretty confident. Or we're not going to reveal our sources, but they are reliable. It's like, well, okay, how, who, where, how? You don't have to name them, but I, this needs a lot more meat before the teeth can go in, right? Right, and like you said, like a lot of the details are coming really quickly, and it's hard for even people in the biz like us to, to, <laughs> yeah. to you know to because we're not reporting on a day-to-day or we're kind of political observers and and my my as a reporter my coverage area is like insanely local so to like the you you definitely want those explainers <laughs> um but yeah and again this is just kind of the tip of this and i i get you know if it, this doesn't end up going to an election well you know that's that's fine that's fair it's been almost two years since we had a lot at a previous election mm. that seems to be the, the the nature of things um but you know it's i think in in politics as in anything it's best to, to nip things in the bud early and trudeau is so far uh not doing that and speaking of nipping things in the bud we're gonna have to put a button in this part of the show and uh we're gonna come right back with the second half you are listening to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. That's number three on the most recent CFRU chart, February 28th. And that was Lee Paradise out of Toronto, I believe. An EP called Steady and the song was Diamond Rain. Mm-hmm. Somewhere it's raining diamonds. <laughs> Not on me. <laughs> no, me or neither. Or that matter. No, so. me, me neither. Someday. Um, it was raining praise though on Christine Anderson. And if you don't know who Christine Anderson is, I'm sorry that I'm about to ruin your day. <laughs> um, but she is a member of a far right p- political party out of Germany, the AFD, which essentially stands for alternative for Germany, the D standing for Germany because the uh, German, German, Germany and German is Deutschland. That's yeah. Thank you. I was trying to figure out how to phrase it. <laughs> uh, the party is con- widely considered an anti-Islam party, uh, Pegida movement party, Pegida standing for patriotic Europeans against the Islamification of the West. Uh, according to Anderson's bio, she spent six years in the United States studying economics and working out of a trading company. Her brother, though, says that she flunked out of college and worked at an outerwear store. Uh, he didn't say whether that was part-time or full-time. Uh, but her goal is to lead Germany out of the U- European Union nightmare. 
Um, she has commented that uh, she was not in favor of Trudeau's anti-democratic actions during the convoy vis-a-vis the Emergencies Act, which is probably why a lot of people on the Canadian right welcomed her with open, open arms last week, including... And I am naming them Niagara West MP, Dean Allison, Oshawa MP, Colin Carey, and Leslin Lewis, who was once very nearly the leader of the Conservative Party. Although uh, they are now claiming that they didn't know who she was. But so now nobody has an excuse because I just explained exactly who Christine Anderson was. And Max Bernier, who was also leader, almost leader of the Conservative Party. True, true that. Taking a picture with her and, and made her an honorary member of the People's Party. They That's went one, great. Went one step beyond the conservatives. Now, tell me this. <laughs> I'm not sure how you can sit down the three MPs that you mentioned, and I did the exact same thing, wrote down their names and writings. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you can sit down for a two to three hour lunch. Mm-hmm. And none of that, what you mentioned, would come up. Mm-hmm. Anti-immigrant, homophobic. Mm-hmm. They're an outwardly racist party. Mm-hmm. Anti-vax, anti-mask crossover, and of course, convoy people appeared at the at least at the Calgary meeting. Tamara Leach had a photo taken with her, and the, this is that what, what yeah. the heck are they called again? Canadians for Truth. I didn't know very much about them, but I think this is the they, they say they're a um, non-governmental or whatever. Everybody's non-governmental organization, right? But it's Theo Fleury and Jamie Saleh who are the the current ice skating kings and queens of of convoy mm-hmm. pretty much right? at least mm-hmm. on twitter right so there's lots of crossover and lots of overlap here mm-hmm. but then the hammer comes down polyev says oh this person is vile i can't believe that you met with her yet she was fairly insistent that she's and i don't know if this is one of those somebody says a name and you just pretend that you know them she says yes we've had conversations a couple of times and i think he's a decent guy to which he denies and there's no proof of this conversation happening or not either way Mm -hmm. but uh who was it that came out it was carrie came out and said um colin carrie from oshawa said oh you know i regret this but yet the other two that you mentioned Mm -hmm. dean allison and and leslin lewis doubling down they're not saying anything leslin lewis has just been pretty much spouting off and then she tried to make it about the blackface again yeah black face again it's like you're going to use that to try and get out of this now mind you <laughs> leslin lewis seemed to be of all the photos and stuff that i saw of this in researching this they pretty much only allowed one black person into the fold and that was leslin lewis mm. this is a very this is a very white structure just on the surface thing and i'm not i'm, I'm pretty sure that the the superficial photos reflect uh the tone of it let's say so right. I, she's the outlier for sure in this, but yet is very adamant. She's like, oh, no, when I was a lawyer. You know, I I, I took LGBT cases and I, I represented immigrants. It's like, so why are you coming out on the side of this essential, essentially a Nazi person? Well, she she talks the talk. She says all the things that, you know, those people say she's anti-vax and, mm-hmm. you know, anti-cancel culture and anti-woke and all this stuff. And you know it's essentially you know it's like like we're in, we're okay with some we just don't like the extremism of the left and we don't like you know having it, it it's a whole thing but yeah it's the whole thing about like i understand 
if you're in a crowd and somebody's taking pictures and you get your picture taken with the wrong person, I'm forgiving of that stuff because like you in, in the moment stuff happens. But this was a three hour lunch. Like you said, they had a lunch meeting. Someone had to make the appointment. Someone had to put it into the, these three people's calendar. At no point did anyone not the MPs, not anyone in their office decide or maybe they did and just thought they could get away with it. Um, Google Christine Anderson. And that's that's where we kind of strain quadruly. I didn't know I had lunch with a Nazi. What are you talking about? Come on. Come mm-hmm. on. If you're you know, if if you're not doing if, if you have a three hour meeting on the books and you aren't preparing for that meeting, you're you're just derelict. So this is this is what this is what the, the situation is either you are a derelict MP, you you are not on top of things as an MP in terms of knowing who you're meeting with, or you're complicit. Those are your two options. Are you incompetent or are you complicit? Um, you know, I'll, I will let Carrie, Allison, and and Lewis decide uh, mm-hmm. what they are. And the other thing too is you mentioned Tamara Leach. It's like, yeah, she Tamara Leach has her picture taken with Anderson, and you're like, well, it's not like anyone's, you know giving Tamara Leach a, you know, a seal of approval. Who was at Alberta for budget day as a special guest, not of the UCP, but of um, one of the MLAs at, at the Alberta legislature, Tamara Leach. He pointed her out. She was an honored guest of this MLA at budget day at Alberta, at the Alberta legislature. So, you know, um, six degrees of separation. Come on. It's, 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 Yeah, she's gonna run for something, right? She's she's, she's gonna appear somewhere. Oh, It'll sure. likely be Alberta. Now, just to be clear, like you can't be a Nazi party in Germany officially. Right. It's not allowed. But when right. you're this like philosophically and spiritually close to them, this is why people use the 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 word Nazi. And they are they have been on the radar for a while mm-hmm. in Germany and in Europe because she was she was in the uh, like European Parliament first i think right now she's just a, she's an mm-hmm. mp somewhere in in germany mm-hmm. so alternative for deutschland has never ever hidden what they're about no it started off we don't it was along the lines of farange and who's another one uh in the uk it's like we uh, we don't we don't like you know you get elected to the european parliament and you take all of you know you get the seat and the money and all that but then it's like we hate this and we want it to go yeah so she's obviously moved on from that as well to be, and then, you know, to be fair, to be critical of the European problem, whatever, but then it becomes about all of the other stuff that mm-hmm. we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. They've turned. I'm I, I'm sure, you know, the roots of these things are initially there. It's like the roots of it are, are in, I mean, to, to me, like you said, if, if these, if these three can't do a simple Google search on this person, then they are complicit. They know exactly what's going on. And I don't know if it's just to 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 make the convoy happy. In fact, uh, Anderson said she. I I, I saw far too much of this stuff. I, I need a <laughs> cleanse somehow. I need to go for a walk in the woods or something. <laughs> like, she said, "I'm a freedom trucker now." And then the the there's a shot of her like as they do like congregating parking lots. I don't know where the hell it was. <laughs> she's, she's pulling in. It's like the convoy's on again, but it's like a Walmart or something, and they're all like. And the flags is like German flags, there's Dutch flags, which is representative of the the farmer protests, but mm-hmm. it's like right wing farmer protests that were going on, and all of that 
you know, conflagration of stuff that we saw in Ottawa mm-hmm. appears in, in a random parking lot. God knows where it was. But then, of course, you know, so the convoy lives on. Mm-hmm. And then the offshoot of that are the people that, you know, with Polyev backing down on the donut thing. He's definitely he's he's drew, he drew this line with with Anderson, but he is I would I still consider him an affiliate. Mm-hmm. He'd had that walk with that dude that was walking across. I can't remember the guy's name. He says, I'm walking across for freedom. And then right, right, Pierre, yeah. went, Pierre went and walked with him. Mm-hmm. And if you're walking with that guy who has leanings that go towards the fash mm-hmm. and tr- trying to make a political, if you're trying to make a political point by doing that and putting it on your Twitter and putting it on your social media and complaining about Justin, you know, there's complaining about Justin, which is one thing, which is what, the majority of Canadians do at some point. Yeah, You're going to complain about the government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you expect that. But this is next level. This is this is something different. It's not just you're unhappy with the government and what's going on. It's, but I'm also unhappy with all those people coming across at Roxham Road. And there's, you know, we don't like gay story time or drag queen story time at the library. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all of that as well. And that, yeah, that's, that's a different it's a different thing from just being critical of the government. Yeah, a lot of that stuff's getting pretty messed up too. And um, you know but it's the same gang though, right? It's, it's, the, it's the same game, but players I players every time. I, there was just there was there was a, a, a protest, I think, and it was somewhere in BC last weekend where it was getting a little too physical for comfort. Um Polyver's got a bigger problem than that because Stacey uh Carter and, and Beth and Nagnall, who were the two um, who kind of organized uh, this this tour for Anderson um, came out and said that um, essentially Polyver screwed up by coming out this hard against Anderson. And then there's this other guy, uh, Mark Stern, who um, he has a a YouTube show of some description, but he he's like he's he's been a longtime broadcaster. He's like subbed for Rush Limbaugh and Tucker Carlson um, on both of their radio shows at different points too. But he comes out and he, 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 he used a word, used a derivation mm-hmm. of Paul Bear's word. I cannot repeat on CFRU, uh, but you can imagine what it is. Cause it is a five letter word that begins with P. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, this is him like calling out Paul Bear for, you know, distancing himself from Anderson too. So like Paul Bear has been doing all this flirting, as you said, with the extremist right, and he knows there's a line in the sand. He's not a dummy. He knows there's a line in the sand that he can't cross, and Anderson's on the other side of it, but he's trained a bunch of people in this country to think he will go over that side of the line, but he knows 65 70% of the country will absolutely disown him if he, try- if he goes over that line. And, um, you know, will this have an impact? I don't know. But it, it's just, it's it's going to make things interesting for him that he's now put, now he's given a single that he cannot go all the way. And these people do not want anyone who can't go all the way. Yeah. And can't have it both ways. So learning the hard way, you cannot have it both ways because this is, this this is red meat in an election period. Right. The liberals just have to go, well, look who he's up to. Yeah. People like fash. I mean, people, people took their, their foot off the gas for Harper because of Iraq. Because he came out for like that, that hung around Harper's neck for like five years mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of preventing him from getting a majority. You can get a majority for like five or 
five or six years because everyone's like, well, what about Iraq, Stephen Harper? This is like a hundred times worse than supporting the Iraq war. But um, speaking of uh, perhaps appealing to the electorate, uh, a lot of pe- a lot of people do that through TikTok, and uh, TikTok is now uh, app non grata. I was going to say persona non grata, but it's not a person; it's an app. It's an app <laughs> non grata. Uh, uh, the federal government has uh, initiated a ban on TikTok and all government devices. So theoretically, if you are uh, an MP and you have your own personal device, you can have TikTok on it. You cannot, however, have it on your official Government of Canada phone. Um, more provinces are moving that way, too. Ontario hasn't announced anything yet. Even the city of Guelph has announced that they are looking at uh, policy regarding having TikTok and government devices, although to my knowledge... No member of city council has a TikTok account. Even Aaron Caton, who's uh, the techiest member of city council, but uh, you know, the city of Guelph does no communications through TikTok. So maybe this is like a, a, a solution looking for a problem. But in any event, um, quite the turn. And then uh, today um, in the United States, uh, a panel that was investigating this said that Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden, could. Um, ban TikTok from government devices if that is something he choose. Donald Trump famously um, <laughs> famously published a missive, a couple of missives actually, demanding that TikTok demanding that TikTok's parent company, uh, ByteDance, uh, sell off their TikTok um, service or else face mysterious consequences. But it's it's strange that um, here we are. Uh, now and the the TikTok ban is now officially on. I don't know if you saw that TikTok where Bernie Sanders walked into the frame and <gasps> oh yeah, space. oh yeah. That's pretty much my approach with TikTok too. Like, I I'm, I'm obviously not Bernie Sanders age, but Adam knows all about my phone and how uh, <laughs> let's just say primitive it is. Like, barely gets emojis, let alone stuff. But that's the way I like it. Because I'm in a, it wouldn't matter if the Chinese government was steering it or what have you. There is a security risk to all of these things. And in this case, it, TikTok's not an official appendage of Beijing. Fair enough, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. but this, this leans more along the lines of Huawei, where it's like, well, they're not official, but there's definitely a relationship. Well, you can't create a company worth one quarter of a trillion dollars in China without the communist party getting a piece of the action nope and they're also able to to do a deep dive as they do with citizens china right which is one of the most surveilled countries in the world fact <laughs> they will know so there there's there's truth that and it's like we 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 were just giving this over to them and i said this before and people know this if the app is free then you're the product right. so there has to be some kind of trade-off there has to be some kind of reason for them to get it and whether it's just for for corporate reasons whether they can sell you stuff or if it's worse than that and we've seen we've seen it happen with what was the 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 app scandal where it was like with i want to say starbucks or tim's it was something that seems benign but yet oh, you that were, was you, tim's yeah it was tim's they were collecting like, data oh, yeah. yeah rather than just the classic roll up the rim which you know for yeah. hygiene reasons it's probably good that it's gone but for somebody like me <laughs> i don't go to tim's anymore I haven't in years you know, cannot play. It's like, oh, poor me, but I don't care because I don't want that. I don't want them to have that information. That's my comfort level. So for, for them to bring this down, I haven't heard any blowback yet. I guess there's um, Jugmeet Singh, I think might be the top 
TikToker of the leaders, at least. I maybe probably mm-hmm. have a bit. I'm sure they've all done it to a degree. Don't know about Elizabeth May. Um, but yeah, I guess this is going to inhibit the ability for conservatives to watch uh, Alliance or uh, Alternative for Deutschland videos and while they're sitting bored. Um, because that's it, right? That's part of it, too, is that I wouldn't even say they're using it for political purposes to do a little funny little video. It is a time waster as well. Uh, it would be it would be actually be interesting to get the data and see how much uh, MPs might be putting into this, how much time is spent on TikTok. Because there are times where there is val. I've seen it on Twitter. That's mm. my level of tech where it's they'll take a TikTok video and it'll be something about, let's just say, a doctor talking about COVID, trying to make a point in two minutes and to get it to as many people as possible. It's on TikTok. Mm-hmm. They just do it. And that's. And it spreads around the world. But, but I'm wondering whether the MPs will still be able to keep a separate uh, channel, let's say, of a phone that's not owned by the government to do it. Because I know Mike Schreiner case said, well, he said, we have an account. He didn't say he did. It was like mm-hmm. the party does. Yeah. So the party is doing media. And that is probably a separate channel from his phone that he takes into Queens Park every day. Right. So I wonder if that they'll be able to make that distinction and they're not going to get in trouble for doing TikTok videos and it's not on, my, not on your company phone because most corporate places have policies like this including yeah. the involve yeah where you cannot have TikTok on your phone it's just right. how it is right your work phone not your personal phone well that's what's i think that's going to be the interesting question it's like will M- mps use TikTok um and then have to have a disclaimer it's like no no i'm using my own personal device it's not on my government device and you, you know will you want to have to explain that every single time it's like like how we in in political ads like from especially in the united states it's like well i'm joe biden i approve this message it's like this is <laughs> i'm jagmeet singh and i made this TikTok on my own personal phone. if it's it's, you know something like that so i mean there's definitely this kind of like banning it makes it taboo and the question is like is this a taboo that's gonna like turn people against or is this a taboo that's gonna make it even more appealing especially amongst young people the real danger to this is and there was a security company that did this evaluation they the uh newsguard newsguard technologies is named the company um and they took they, they spent a month September 2022 and analyzed various TikTok posts uh to their shock and surprise and my shock and surprise as well 19.4% of TikTok searches revealed misinformation about COVID the 2020 election the war in Ukraine and the the shooting at Robb Elementary School in Texas so when you're like if you have a 1 in 5 chance of getting misinformation from doing a TikTok search i mean that's almost the bigger i was maybe not the the bigger problem than the government of china's using the app to spy but i mean there there are some tremendous um problems with this app and and sharing this information is one of them screen time is another tiktok just introduced a a thing that uh limits screen time to 60 minutes a day to anyone under 18 granted you have to like it's one of those things where you have to flick it on and you can Mm. flick it off pretty easy but you know, this is like one of the essential questions of our times. And I think it's more complicated than just banning it. I mean, that takes care of the the one security problem for now. But as you know, you have an entire generation of people coming up, engaging with TikTok for information, for sharing uh, funny videos, sharing things with friends, documenting their lives, you know, um, h- how do you explain to them the the apparent dangers of misinformation, Chinese uh, government spying, and, and all of this. That's, I mean, the, the the ban is 
again, we started with a Band-Aid solution, talking about a Band-Aid solution. This is also another Band-Aid solution. They've banned it from government devices. Okay, good. TikTok's not going away. And the question is, you know, um, do do we develop some kind of real policy around that or just stop at the ban? That's that's the tricky part in all this. Yeah, you have to wonder if they can go beyond that. Like, I think it's something like 25% of Canadians use it. And I'm going to say the majority of them would swing young. For sure. Which is fine, but again, the problem is if there you mentioned misinformation, this is where and I I'm certain of it. There are lots of people that all exclusively get their information not just from social media directly, but from things like TikTok. And as you said, there's a lot of garbage out there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh well, you know, I <laughs> they've got all our information. Oh well, uh, yeah, COVID isn't real. Oh, you know, like what? <laughs> There are people who will like get sucked into that. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, gargle your own urine. The COVID will go away. Like these are the kinds of things that end up on TikTok. And Mm. if it's not labeled as parody and it's presented as a fact, then somebody's going to believe it, right? Yes, that is the day we live in. Just give the monkey your credit card number and everything will be okay. (laughs) Great way to end the show. Give the monkey your credit card number. But... uh, (laughs) We, we never really plan out how these things end. So we are at the end of the show. We hope you liked it. You can stay connected to us at our website, opensourcesguelph.com. You can find us on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire, and we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. You can listen to the show again by downloading it from our website every Monday at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find me personally at Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Twitter, and Mastodon. And if you're joining us on the FM right now, stay tuned for Turtle Island Underground at the top of the hour. Mere seconds away. Mere seconds away. I'm literally watching them tick by. Uh, Turtle Island Underground is one of the great programs that you can hear here on CFRU 93.3 FM cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio we shall return next thursday of course at 5 p.m for another edition of this show open sources and we will see you then